welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I've got Caroline with me. Hello, Caroline. Hey. Hey, and once again, we have Zach back with us. Zach, hello. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. You know, it's just another beautiful day of being national champs in yet another sport for Virginia fans. Very excited, of course, uh, about the men's lacrosse championship so uh you know where there's a lot to talk about in the world of collegiate athletics and, and uva athletics for sure but why don't we kick things off with the national title game over maryland uh, for you folks out there maybe maybe just uh getting into uva fandom you know maybe maybe uh not a lifelong pursuit or maybe you're young and and you know it, you're turning the corner into really hitting your stride as a, a UVA fan, you might not feel about Maryland like I feel about Maryland. This is not street cred or, or old man shit. I'm just trying to say things have changed uh, since Maryland has left the back ACC. Back in my day. And back in my day and in Caroline's day, uh, Maryland was always up there um, mm-hmm. and particularly in lacrosse because the Hokies mm-hmm. obviously don't play um, all the good sports. So, uh, you know, this, this victory, obviously we love our titles that, you know, you can't, you can't really understate that, but particularly against Maryland, that, that might be numero uno as, as far as uh, hated rivals uh, goes for me. Yeah. So. And I think that gets lost. Like you're right. That gets lost a little bit. Like the thing about Maryland that, is was you know is miserable and fun at the same time is that they were good or com- competitive in everything so they had a good or our football teams were competitive <laughs> you know basketball was always intense mm-hmm. they have a good soccer team lacrosse team like every single season like those games just seemed to be good and meant a lot and everyone just hated each other because they think virginia is a bunch of stuck-up people and we think maryland just yells obscenities and maybe all those things are true like whatever it is but that <laughs> you know there wasn't the Virginia Tech rivalry or even ones that now we've adopted with like you know like Louisville was our mm-hmm. one for one with them like there's just not that like it's just not an established thing both with proximity and all that stuff so um and like you said especially with lacrosse Maryland has been really good just not good enough to win the championship so many times in the last so they're now they have the most national championship game losses I think it's 12, yeah. um, which is more than way more than anybody else. And they've lost 10 of the last 11 national championship games they played in until they won that game in 2017. They sound so, like a, a bunch of losers to me. Yeah. That's, what, <laughs> okay. that's all I hear is John Tillman. Just second place is first. Loser. On, the, on the flip side, Virginia has won the last six title games they've gone mm. to. So it's like, if Virginia makes championship Monday, things have gone pretty well. Uh, I will say right off the bat, that was probably at the minimum, a top three game I've ever seen. Um, it might be number one. I'm trying to separate myself from the like yeah. recency bias of being there. And, and Zach, I know you were there too. Like just the environment, part of that is exacerbated by like not having been outside for a year and right. a half. So you get back in a stadium and it's lit and the right. game is insane. Like, you know, adding that part to it, but it was two really good teams playing really good lacrosse. And it came down to like, uh, it's just, it is one of the best games I've ever seen. And it helps obviously that Virginia won it. Like, <laughs> would I be like saying that. this if they lost? <laughs> Probably a little bit, but like, 
um, the, and the stakes and the outcome and like the whole thing. It was just, you got to see the best players on the biggest stage playing great. Like there was no, there've been a lot of dud championship games in the last few years, I think. Um, even <laughs> I mean, last year, like, yeah, yeah. 2019 was 2019, kind of a dud. I, yeah, it was a yeah, dud but it was, it was sort a good of awesome. It was awesome. It was like way less stressful. <laughs> yes. yeah. It's way less stressful, but I don't think anyone, like Yale was the heavy favorite because their face right. off guy, like all this stuff, like right. no one really expected Virginia to come in and like just lay the smack down like they did. So that's what, you know, people want to see mm. that exciting back and forth and, and we can get into it, but part of it's, uh, or a lot of it is the way that Virginia is prepared throughout the entire season. It's the same thing they did in 2019 that Lars has them peaking at exactly the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Zach, we, we have a bit of a, a tradition when we remember to do it here for, for games, um, more, more usually for football season, because basketball, we usually have to talk about so many, uh, over the course of a week, but we like to hand out our three stars. Um, oh, don't much, make me do this today. Like it's like 20. Yeah, it's too hard. Much like a hockey telecast. So, um, but Zach, you you get the honors of, of going first, but happy to, to lay out these three stars and then we can get into more um, stuff about Lars and, and, and the buildup for the team and, and general thoughts. So you're not going to be limited to this is my point, but you're, you're on the spot now uh, for star number one. All right. Well, I think I'll probably just go with the most obvious one, but I mean, Connor Schellenberger, I mean, it's, it's no secret at this point, um, but his performance in May is, <laughs> I mean, in recent memory, like, especially I, I just, it's, it's, it's wild. Like he's an insanely talented player um, for a red shirt first year. I mean, even in his second year in the program, there's not a lot of guys that put up 14 goals and 10 assists in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're talking like the only guy that could come close to rivaling him this year was Jared Bernhard, who's one of the best players of his generation. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the way that Connor has just broken onto the scene late in the year. Yeah. I mean, he was always, you could always tell he was talented and you could always tell that he was like, you know, sort of the guy for the future once he figured it out. I just don't think that many people expected him to figure it out um, by early May. And then, I mean, he just went on an absolute tear. And, and I think that without him, I mean, you could say this about probably 10 guys on this team, but uh, without him, I don't think they're in that game. And I don't think that they're competitive in that game. And the way that he was able to beat top defenders, I mean, Lars Tiffany pointed this out, like he wasn't getting the third pole in May, like he was in the regular <laughs> season, like he was getting the best, if not the second best, but still a very good defender um, in these last couple of games. And he toasted them. And I mean, it, it's, it's wild how versatile he is. Um, yeah. And I could probably go on forever talking about him, but I mean, he, he's just been insane and, and he's sort of carried the offense um, along with a couple of other guys, yeah. but without him. Um, yeah. This is a much different story. If you were it's, he's, he carried it because sorry, I just, I, there was so much, I mean, we could do like a whole side, but he carried yeah. it because like he, he did so well adapting to what defenses gave him. Like, right. and I think that Georgetown game in the way that, I'm still kind of speechless about the way Georgetown decided to defend him, which was yeah. not to, uh, I mean, not necessarily, you know, it's yeah, exaggerating, but yeah. yeah, they didn't slide and they, and they, and that gave him, cause I saw, I think it was, you know, we talked offline before we started about Quint and Karkatera and Anish doing yeah. their yard sale show. And, and I think it was Quint that said it. And he's like, he didn't, 
want to be a disruptor. And I got that vibe a lot. And we talked to Matt more over the course of the season. And, you know, that, that feeling of like, you're a number one guy coming into a program that just won a title. Like, you right. know, that you're good, like you are good, but you don't want to mess up anything that they have going. Like right. you came into a championship program like that. And there was a little bit, he was, and I don't even say hesitant. He was great during the regular season. He should have been and was by all accounts, the the freshman or whatever he was yeah. eligible and on the ballot for ACC freshman year like I don't like I'm sorry Brendan O'Neill you're very good but Connor Schellenberger was the best freshman in the entire yeah, conference did, this year easily and not even close in my opinion but no. neither here nor there like he's a first team all-american like that's more prestigious whatever all stuff <laughs> but what Connor does and because and he carried it without it feeling like hero ball, right? They talk about yeah. that a lot, like that early in the season, the offense was kind of playing like, I'm really good. I'm going to take my shots. And they needed to figure out how to balance the amount of talent that they had. And he did such a, so, and you mentioned the defenders, like Nick Grill is a very good defender. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was the big 10 defensive player of the year. Like that's not a light thing to, you know, hoist onto someone. Right. And Sounds Connor, like a loser to me. Karen. And he pushed Connor, him around. He Connor him ate around. his breakfast, his lunch, <laughs> his dinner, and all the meals he prepped for this week. Like Connor just, and, and that honestly was, you know, you look at how close that game was. The actual difference in that game was Rhodes' one extra stop. They had the same number of shots on goal. They had right. all that stuff where it's like, when you look at the difference and when you break it down, uh, Cade Sostad was fantastic on Bernhardt. Bernhardt finished with two and two. So you'd think like, oh, was he that? But both of those goals were unsettled situations in which Cade wasn't on him. Right. And so Cade won that matchup on the other end. Connor won that matchup against grill going Mm -hmm. out. Like he just, he dominated that. And that was legitimately the difference in the game. And to get that from a first year and especially you watch him play and there's so much stuff that he does. That's like, so steel Stanwick, which makes uh, sense because yeah. he modeled his game after him because he grew up watching him in Charlottesville, yeah. like all this stuff. Yeah. But there's stuff that he can do because he's more yes. athletic. He's bigger. Uh, he's yeah. faster. And, you know, that's not a neck on steel. Not steel's like a saint and I love him forever. Um, no he, one thinks he, you're <laughs> anti steel Stanwick. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> steel listening to this is going to be like, what? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's definitely a listener. We know this. Um, but some of the shots Connor can take, there was an actual twice in that game the there were gasps in the press box not like bias stuff <laughs> yeah, like what yeah, it was just yeah, kind of yeah. like oh sh-, like yeah no yeah. someone said are you kidding me and it wasn't yeah. me i promise like <laughs> just, <laughs> just, it was the one where he rolled back like and the yeah, way he no, turns no, his hips so fast like to yeah. get the shots off and and virginia as an offense painted the pipes like yeah, they're yeah. shooting they shot i think they scored 57 goals and there were only like the opponent opposing goalies saved like 30 three percent of the shots for you which is wild like you can kind of like you can just like stand there your way into 40 percent save percentage at this you know (laughs) i mean yeah and and the other thing i mean connor and not to like heap expectations or anything but like just looking at like his potential and and like i mean anish said it on that same show like like no you don't want to say it but like there's potential for him to go down as one of, if not the best player in Virginia lacrosse history. Yeah. And, and I don't want to keep like, he's sort of already up. Like, I know he's like, already, watch it's him, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, like it's, he doesn't have the, he's the so purely stats. talented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it, yeah. you just look at him he's like a Jalen Suggs in basketball or something. And you just look at him <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. like, that guy's insane. And he could yeah. genuinely be playing 
professional across this summer. Oh, 100 percent. And the people are like, you should go. I'm like, he's not gonna go like, <laughs> like what he has to have a degree to do stuff after college because he can't play yeah. like, like PLL forever. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about him that it, where I worry, like I worry less about people saying this stuff about him is because he legit seems to be a really like reasonable human being. Like he's a really like down to earth sounds so cheesy whatever but when you it's talk true. to him the way yeah. that he analyzed and approached that red shirt season mm-hmm. um having normal concerns about oh if i red shirt will people say that i can't cut it like that's a normal concern to have but when he came yeah. in with like being the number one player in the country he's so reasonable about reasonable about all of that because he came in he was like yeah it was great it was awesome it was a lot of fun um, I don't think it puts a ton of pressure on me because I came here and there are a couple other people that were the number one player in, right. in their respective <laughs> positions. Like this isn't like, you know, and they took him in and they expect him to perform. And by all accounts, he works hard on his own. Um, and I think that shows very clearly in the way he plays mm-hmm. the game. And you can't make some of those shots without just repetition and practice. And, um, and so I, it's, it's exciting that we have three more years of him and Peyton Cormier, who's also mm-hmm. a, that, I think that duo, you're going to see a ton of Schellenberger to Cormier um, yeah. because Schellenberger can put those pinpoint passes on yeah. in tight space and Cormier somehow finishes them all. It's incredible to watch yeah. him in, in close space. I know that's the Canadian influence, but <laughs> now I will just, just to add just one last point on Connor. Like I, I had knew him a little bit growing up and just, I mean, everything that you hear about him is true. Like I, I, one time I I rolled into um, St. Anne's Belfield. It was after a couple years after I'd moved and my dad and I were just going there to like throw around and Connor was there. Like he had a key for the goals to like unlock them. Like (laughs) he's just, he is an absolute animal. I mean, he, he's just, and and he is the nicest guy. Like, you know, and and it's all cliche and you've all heard it before, but he's just, (laughs) He, he, he's ridiculous and and, and yeah. he's going to be a phenomenal face of this program moving forward he gets all the Absolutely. stars beer sorry we ruined your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's fine we have plenty more still to talk about i i just wanted to add that you heard on the you know the telecast it's so funny listening to quentin uh and the rest of them over the course of the weekend or the whole tournament they recycle these points in like a teaching way not just mm-hmm. like yeah. in a in a way that uh you know, I've run out of shit to say, <laughs> and it's much more of like a, they know people are tuning into lacrosse for for yeah. uh, the first time, or maybe just their annual weekend of watching it and stuff. But there's, they focus so much on Virginia is a two quarterback system because yeah. they've got this guy, they've got Matt freaking Moore on the team yeah. as well. Um, and and it's you you got the idea in that final four, maybe maybe the game prior to to Georgetown, but. Um, that Connor is another level of thing to worry about uh, than anybody else, including Matt Moore, which yeah. just gives Matt all the freedom in the world, right. <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah, there were moments throughout the tournament season where, you know, I, th- I think you could see Matt sort of on and off, you know, like, yeah. like how does he dial into that freedom and that, that lack of focus on him, which, you know, most people would want, but the competitors, you know, you, sometimes you feed off that heat, right. Too. So it's sort of like a, a balance for him to, 
be the second quarterback in a two quarterback system when he in his own right is is a, a 10 out of 10 shooter of yeah. phenomenal offensive player and now someone who can distribute can be on the receiving end of those distributions and not just the focal boys is is massive so not so much that those two guys are doing the same thing and bring similar skills although both those things are true but more that just you have you have an established you know, guy should be a Twarton candidate, but he doesn't yeah. have maybe the stats to get there this year, particularly. But you have one of the best players in the country who the defense isn't worried about. Is <laughs> is yeah. unbelievable. And more, and more is actually potentially you could say the reason why Connor redshirted because he was so good in that attack position that they needed him to fill in 2019. That when he got any. When he got that vision and that his passing ability that mm. just I think was unlocked when he moved on to attack, I talked to Lars a few times before the 2020 season, and he's kind of like, I don't know what I mean. I my my wife said she'd yell at, like she was going to yell at me if I did, dared move him off of attack. Back <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could because yeah. how can you how can you validate not having him on the field all the time? And you could say the same thing about Schellenberger, obviously. Now next year with Laviano not using that extra year of eligibility and he's going to go start and start his real life could start working. <laughs> um, I think you're going to see that attack of Cormier, Schellenberger and more and Godspeed other teams, defenses, Godspeed, <laughs> because it's going to allow them to mesh and figure out how that relationship's all going to work. And more was battling a shoulder injury down this, like he got in the Carolina game and he still was fantastic against Maryland in the championship game. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Like they both, I, I will forever be on the more is the most underrated player um, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't understand how you have that guy like sitting on honorable mention teams. Um, it, it drives me nuts. I would take him over practically right. any other right. player except maybe Schellenberger like, right, in the right, country. Right. <laughs> and, and it's just kind of like, it, it doesn't bother them. You know, it doesn't, I, I'll put, I think Cormier, the number of goals he scored and the way he did stuff, he has like the number of multi-goal games he has in his total career. It's like five games. He didn't have multiple goals. Like it's That's insane. Yeah. So anyway, like it's, I agree with you. More's more's a, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Be fun. <laughs> and I, I will say, I get the two quarterback thing. And, and I know Kark has been on that for a while. I think it's more like Connor is the point guard and Matt Moore is the shooting guard who can yeah. do a lot of things. And obviously, you know, you get too deep into this, but I think that Connor <laughs> the metaphors, just yeah, you, you, you get too deep into it, <laughs> but I think that just Connor being able to sort of be more of an initiator took some pressure off of more. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think at one point in the season, I, I think back to that first Carolina game, yep. Klockner. He where, tried to do way too much, way too much, way too way, much. Right. And, and then you counter that with, um, with Saturday's game, obviously he was banged up. So you can't really, you know, criticize him for that. But I just think that Connor takes a lot of pressure off of him and lets him do some of more of what he did in 2019 when he, you know, had Krause. Um, and and yeah, so that, I mean, yeah, that's a scary dynamic moving forward. All right, Caroline, it's it's on you for uh, oh. your star. We've already rattled off a bunch of names. You Feel know I'm ready to, to like try and cheat and just be like, the nope. defense. Yeah, I, do that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right, uh, and I went back and forth. I almost was, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to choose Lars Tiffany, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Kate, <laughs> nope. Kate Sostad. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think just, it cannot be understated what he did. And he did that against, you know, Jackson Morrill in 2019, uh, in the title game. And he's kind of done this all. And this is what 
you know, a lot of the narrative narrative always sounds like such a negative term in my opinion, like, oh, that's the narrative. But over the course of the season, <laughs> Virginia's defense improved so much. And, yeah. and they just, you know, the emergence of, of Kastner and fitting him into the defense and, yeah. and having the flexibility and not just that, but the way that Lars used the defensive pieces to really keep people off guard, like who they were going to be on like he did still use Quentin Matsui to then shift you know you don't want Quentin Matsui on the guy that cast and so they'd move and get different looks but Cade has just been so consistent and he's just such a great cover man um but he does a lot of the little things and you know we posted this morning or whatever Thursday morning for whenever you're listening to this um I, I put together some of the big moments and obviously like it's easier to be like every single goal um but one of the biggest moments in the game I think potentially second to the save at the end is the the ground ball that mm-hmm. cast that uh Cade picked up through the mess with the flag on the ground so he doesn't go over midfield much um he's not the guy that seems super comfortable in the clear like where he's going to sprint it down um but he was up there they they finally got the clear they were reeling Maryland was in within one um and it was just kind of like Maryland hadn't tied the game since 11, 11, and then four to four Virginia had responded every single time. And mm-hmm. so they were in the middle of this three goal stretch and he passes the ball to Soliday immediately gets tripped. And it was the right call. Like the flag, I think they called a hold though, which is whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, it moot point. Same difference. Yeah. yeah moot point. <laughs> and so um, the ball is just kind of like, he kind of waits and is like, didn't start going back defensively. And he's just kind of like, Oh, Hey, the ball. And like scoops right through the middle and has a step on the defender. And for a second, it looks like he has that d- dilemma. Like, should I shoot? <laughs> and Matt Moore was in a perfect spot. It was actually a tougher shot that Matt Moore made than it looked on, um, initially, but, uh, got getting that goal, that 17th goal ended up being the game winner. Um, just the heads of play is like exactly all the stuff that yeah. we love, um, him for, and Caden Cole being back there is really going to mess with me for the next year. <laughs> like, but Cade saw his dad. Um, cast, yeah, it's like the yeah, same. and so yeah. he just uses the length and and the way that he shut down Bernhardt. Bernhardt had one assist in the second half, so he had two goals and one assist in the first half. And this is a guy that was one goal away from the. For, he had 99 goals on the season or 99 points, points on the season. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of Charlotte <clears throat> North, the legend with 102 <laughs> goals on the season. Um, 92 99 points and he was one away from breaking tying course cloutier's record for goal scored in a single tournament he was right up there with that so this is just to give you example of like how good yeah um i think he had 16 goals in the tournament coming into that game so 16 goals in three games he did and so it it just he he's burnt like i know you know we hate maryland all that stuff but seeing him in person he's very um oh my god (laughs) like Yeah. And honestly, Maryland's offense, they move. Bobby Benson came from Johns Hopkins and he brought this, the, the way that they move off ball, the way that they switched and created disruptions to get Bernhardt on somebody else or somebody else on Bernhardt, however you want to say it. Um, and Virginia actually did a pretty good job recovering on those mm-hmm. um, for most of the game, but it's tough. Like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, now Cole Kastner's on him. Oh, Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> Or like worse when you have like, you know, poor Grace Saladay gets switched on to it. You're like, like, oh, God, God bless. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, and it, it was just one, like he was just so fantastic down the, the stretch um, and being healthy again, obviously shows the big difference. And so I'm going to give my star to 
Decade Sostad. There you go. I didn't mess up his name. <laughs> no, I'd also say that just, I mean, Bernhardt, like he had six goals against Notre Dame, and that's the easily the best defense in the country, I'd say, with Jack Kielty. And then I think had five against Duke and JT Giles Harris, who got banged up in that game. But like those are probably two. I, I must have both been first team All Americans. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, or, yeah, close. They, it, yeah. But the and and the thing about Bernhardt is like when you watch him play, especially on TV, he just looks bigger than everybody, and mm-hmm. he's faster than everybody. And then it was like, okay, so Cade's on him. Cade's six five. I think Bernhardt's six three. And just the way that he was able to sort of out tough him like he, he could let Bernhardt get a step but then with his length and his strength he, he just he made up for it um yeah. and, and I mean he's just it's nice to have him for two more years I'll tell you that yeah. like to, to have I hope that. someone I hope someone went welcome to Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's cheesy but it makes me laugh I did think that the defense was more indicative of a swarm of velociraptors than the I got what what uh, the Georgetown coach was saying about the goal scoring just everywhere it was somebody picking up a ground ball or finding the open pass but the, they're so big <laughs> they run yeah. so fast and they have these and, scary long poles yeah and like the, the effort the effort like yeah they cared velociraptors were known for carrying mm-hmm. six foot balls um the effort level just across the board like was exactly what you want to see in a championship game like the absolutely laying out selling out for you know going to the end line um i remember kyle kologi legit went full secret service bodyguard like dove jumped in front of a shot with yeah. 59 seconds left and yeah. took it off the upper thigh Ouch. and then didn't even hesitate yeah. has one kind of like hobbly step gets right back <laughs> into it and takes another block shot like 16 seconds later not to only keep that them. yeah <laughs> just and it's oh it's like watching a hockey playoff you know last second yeah sudden death you know everyone's <laughs> well, just flying around i mean both teams were were flying around that was what yeah. made the game so fun not just that both teams are really good. Both teams feature strong offenses or things like that. But I mean, both teams, you know, had the cliche. They were leaving it all out there, but you could physically see they were they were just diving at every opportunity to make every play they could. Um, you know, that's why it was a spectacular game. That, that and all the winning. Um, speaking of winning, and my third star, I've got to go with. I mean, there's a lot of options, but you got to go with Rhodey, right? Like, yeah, so. okay. All right, all right, good. Okay, we, got, good. we got the big three, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's when we always do these, Zach. It's always like we have this battle, like making sure we want to get someone yeah. this, but we want to make sure that we take it, like, it all balance. They're just out. too many uh, in, yeah. in this game. But yeah, Alex Rode and goal, uh, 43%. Uh, so let's mm. see, 16 goals against, 12 saves, 28 shots so it's not like you know a dominant performance and i think you could see through the game he had his ups and downs and yeah. certainly knew there were ones that that he could have gotten in front of um some plays that that he would have liked to make but he you know in that that classic competitor cliche there was no quit in him and he stepped up not just with that last save but late there were some Fourth huge quarter, man. plays that save fourth. 
Yeah, Bernhardt save when he came off the left side and he just yeah. stuffed him low. I mean, I think if Bernhardt makes that, Maryland wins the game. Like, yeah. Like, it, and it's... so after the game, this is why I like rewatching stuff. So Lars, right after the game, said yes, that yes. he said that when Alex came up to him to hug him, like right after, he goes, "We won a national championship and I sucked." Yeah, he said that <laughs> in the Which, telecast. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. Said yeah. That right after, right yeah. after, and he's like, "Well, and and I think it by all accounts, it definitely wasn't his best performance when you look at like the numbers." But here's the thing he didn't get many easy looks like the goals that were being scored like the stuff that was put on and that's partially that's mostly credit to the way to how good Maryland's offense is they had several doorstep goals they had a couple transition goals they had goals from Bernhardt where like I talked about the defense didn't switch back in time and if you give him that second he takes advantage of it and so it wasn't as much I think that's what affected him early it's like a lot of times if he gets those and he had three saves like on the first possession um but yeah. he got all these like he kind of got behind in it and then he sat on five saves for a while like it just kind of was like he needed to get one and then the third he got a really big one and then the fourth he was just really good even though like I know like they scored all those goals <laughs> in succession but he got like and and I really loved the conversation about and this makes sense like it's not it's like kind of like a no doubt when you start thinking about it but the discipline that's required um and actually Lars talked about this on that yard sale show too the discipline required to sit on your guys and not slide to the face-off mm-hmm. man streaking down the middle is impressive because you're kind of in I would be I would imagine being in that panic mode where you got to do whatever you got to do to not let this guy s- score to right. force overtime but rather than sliding you know Alex Ward said he's like my guys know that they forced him down the middle for a shot that I like to see, like he has more angle. He's got more straight on. He's not worried about changing which way he's looking. He's not all this stuff. And especially if you have a chance to take a shot from a face-off guy who doesn't usually start or one of their three outstanding, like all conference caliber attackmen, you take the face-off guy like every day of the week. And some people will be like, oh, well, it was just like, he threw it at his body. And I was like, but part of, yeah, he did. Well, he like, did. But part <laughs> yeah, of that yeah. is knowing where to position right. yourself to be. Right. And he went low. He was down. Like, and, you know, he dropped every, it was perfect. And uh, well, and then the ground ball afterwards. Yeah. Um, shout out Cole Kastner for oh getting God. that the hell out of there. Because that, that was, was terrifying. Garbage gold nightmare fuel for your oh, girl. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. The, the shot on the, the, the potential game tying shot was one that most goalies could save uh, because it, he shot it into his chest, you know, but the, like you were, we, we said a couple times, it, it was the game plan in that situation. I mean, yeah, I mean, know we were talking about it the day of how comically bad was the face-off result, you know, and, and I know yeah. it, I say, <laughs> like if you, if you can win the face-off and you, you normally win your face-offs by plowing through the guy, right? Like just win the face-off and you win the game. Right. Yeah. So you get what he's doing, but he doesn't win it. And so then he's just comically behind the guy behind, with the yeah. ball <laughs> and, and you're going, no, no, no. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> it um, was literally the only thing. Like you're like, just tie it up. But like, yeah. six just seconds. Want, like yeah. you're saying, you don't want to slide because you don't want the easy pass to the all American. Yeah. You you want the kid who might you get lucky and he shoots it in your chest. And so that's what yeah, he did, no. right? So but I think you know the, the point about Rody coming up huge in, in eat spots, like we we know this, most people probably know this, but I like to reiterate the the weirdness possession plays in the game of lacrosse compared to um, you know, other sports where so dedicated to as well the idea that a save 
saves possession, obviously, but the fact that most of these missed shots are turning into sort of uh, not make it, take it, but miss it, take it for the offensive team. There are amusing examples in the fourth quarter where Maryland screwed that up, but that was mistakes because usually you're running a set offense so that if you miss a shot wide, you're going to get the ball back, right? Because of the most hilarious rule in all of sports, which, <laughs> the best rule. which is, I love that shot, rule. the person closest to it gets the ball. It's hilarious. It makes, it, I, it, it makes sense it helps the sport i think but it's also yeah. sort of nonsense like it just doesn't play into to what we think of, of normal rules so anyway like imagine if someone airballed it and then they're like just die right, for the exactly. sideline it's right, like right. kihei is like selling yeah. out jay hoff so, because of that it's so critical to to collect shots in big moments to get offensive possession and there were just just enough in the fourth quarter to get those answer goals that you were talking about, Caroline, like, yeah. yes, Maryland made a run and, and Maryland made multiple little mini runs yeah. in the second half. And Virginia came up huge starting often with a save. Um, yeah. In, there in were a bunch times, of big and so. ones at big moments. So I, I think in the big moments thing, I wrote the, the save one, the goal by Garno to go back up 12-11 after Maryland had that big momentum shift, three straight goals, tied it. The place was going nuts. It was crazy to see like the the fan base chunks, like where the parents and family and friends were. Um, so this huge orange clad group, this huge red clad group, and the ways that like they would just be animated would just rotate throughout the game, like with these runs. And but that that goal was huge to get it back um and, and retake the lead and get the momentum back and that Garnot shot was perfectly placed uh and then right after that up 12 11 Alex had another big save to like kind of prevent and that allowed Virginia to run onto that 16 goal um you know rattle off the four straight um and that obviously proved to be very important but it's just those big moments that they were getting stops and honestly i will say i had perfect vision the shot by Kologi um was perfect it was a great idea on the 10-man ride and more was closest to the end line the ref was in oh, a full yeah. position yeah. and blew it he okay. was yeah. a full step ahead and connor was close like i can yeah. see if you're only looking at those two guys like yeah, yeah. but where Matt was and it was clear that this was the plan all along because yeah, they were yeah. already all the way back there yeah they, like yeah. this was not like a long that was scramble. unbelievable I mean it, it was, was a horrible they're call. dumbfounded and, yeah. and the game moves so quick and the tele guys don't know exactly what's going on or happening. the angle on the on the tv was terrible too yeah. like when I rewatched, yeah. I was like well no wonder no one complained about it like yeah. it was it was uh it was like, ugh, aggressive that's the game like if yeah that would have been it because they would have given it to connor and right and he's just running for 15 seconds and And that would have been it but right and that was it was a two-goal game then yeah 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 i mean yeah yeah it was like 40 like 40 seconds left or something like that and it it was just that part was frustrating but you know there was a lot of stuff that yeah they missed a few the reset was bad close up talking about this game at least by talking about coach uh tiffany Um, you know yeah it's it's funny i mean obviously we love our booze and love our teams and love i would say most of the coaches <laughs> at least um, <laughs> particularly when they're winning but it, it's it's really apparent that coach tiffany is bringing that tony bennett something special and it's not just tony and i would say in in the uva athletic department but bringing these really really amazing personal qualities and just yeah. just the 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 earnest candid jovialness you know for, for 
you could go on and on with the the comparisons between the two. He's so thoughtful and so caring uh, about his his players, about the sport, about the, the state of this program. Uh, we're we're truly obviously lucky to have him uh, here, and and the parallels that he shares with Coach Starja are mind-boggling so it's such a it just adds to how cool story it is um to have coach uh, tiffany and lead in this if, program if there's someone that hates him like in the lacrosse right. world i haven't found them yet and like no i'll just put it that tony way tony bennett you know and that, it's that same deal like, like but even so there's some like louisville but, fans probably yeah, hate tony bennett you yeah, know what i mean like there's people yeah. that are like wins. oh that guy's boring like that sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know like but tiffany i have not found anyone that has said the same stuff about Lars. and obviously <laughs> right. it's a smaller you know but the lacrosse community talks and I, I was happy to run back into old friends, Kyle Devitt, who I worked with at Inside Lacrosse and Patrick Stevens, who's does a bunch of different freelance writing with like lax mag and all sorts of stuff. And, and we all kind of joke that there's stuff that Lars says that if it came from literally anybody else, you'd think it was like <laughs> schmoozy and, and exactly. kind of bullshit, but right. from Lars, like, you know, it's legitimately genuine and, I think it was great. It was awesome seeing Charles Snowden like live tweet about the game, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Like a I bunch that. of the the UVA yeah, basketball of, and football. Yeah, guys. they're like yeah. friends with them and stuff. So like, yeah. I know Joey Blount. Uh, Joey Blunt was like celebrating with them after they got back, like all this stuff. But um, it was cool to see because he recognized and noticed and pointed out that you know, right anytime that Lars can, he gives uh, credit to the history of the game and the creation of the game and um, the Native American roots and growing up near the Onondaga reservation and what that means and carrying his the stick that was handcrafted for him um as a last present from his dad before his father died so it, it's again it's not lip service or smarmy he just you watch him before the game starts and he's out there with with the wooden stick like just throwing long passes with the guys like huge smile on his face and he plays with this joy that he brings to the sidelines, they'd keep showing the sidelines. And like, even in, there were some times <laughs> where like Lars wasn't smiling. Like I will say that, but there were so yeah. many times where, and I'm not just saying after goal, but he just seems to like, he enjoys the game and the players and the, his team and, and that rubs off on them. And then they play with this kind of like, they look like they were having fun. Um, there were times like where the, like Tillman and his staff were like, back to the field looking at pat like ipads, iPads and like yeah. talk yelling at each other and talking to each other like, like all bill stuff. belichick yeah yeah and so it just was a very and Losers. again like look maryland has had success they've made <laughs> <laughs> they've made title games uh so i'm not saying that, what like, happened in those title games <laughs> 10 out of 11 times it didn't go great but Losers. i'm just saying like i'm not saying they're always terrible or whatever but the way the joy that he's brought and i'm not need... winning <laughs> I need every single ounce of Lars Bronco friendship information that I can get. They ride horses together. Wait, really? Uh, Yeah, Broncos. And Bronco was there. Broncos, Broncos. Um, Yeah, Broncos, Broncos. Like, I just need, like, that buddy cop show with the two of them. Bronco and Lars. Their book talks (laughs) must be fascinating. Like, the books, you know, what are you reading this week, Bronco? And they, like, share book information and (sighs) vegan sausage recipes. Like, I can't. Like, I just need all of it. Like, I just love him. He's And on top of all that, just to keep going... (laughs) The way that he adapted and co- like he did an outstanding job coaching this team of yeah. balance of like not let's start with just bringing in Charlie Bertrand as a transfer 
Yeah. That dude's a guaranteed winner, certified three national championships in his, in his time in college. He scored over 200 goals in his career, which is incredible. Unless you're Charlotte North. Uh, she's going to pass that in like a year and a half. It's fine. Um, but just the way that you know, he looked at that transfer market and I'm not saying that he didn't try to go after some of the guys that were on it, mm-hmm. but knowing what they needed and bringing in a piece that worked for them and having Virginia, honestly, having Virginia and Maryland there over teams that just stockpiled transfers. And I do, I feel bad for that because I couldn't play. So I, you know, oh, so they I was going to say you felt bad for Duke. I was like, no, I don't feel bad for Duke. Um, <laughs> people talked about Maryland being the fraud of the season. I've maintained that it was like all these overtime no, wins Maryland and... wasn't a fraud for no. the, the collection of losers that they are they, they, they were very <laughs> definitely good. not a fraud uh, very I'll very be, good <laughs> I thought we were gonna get I'll be honest going in I thought we were gonna get blown out in that game it like, could I mean like I genuinely was like if PD doesn't win 70 percent of these face-offs mm-hmm. and that's someone who we haven't really mentioned um who was injured for a while apparently it was not the curse it was not no, my jinx it was Listen, not the jinx getting injured <laughs> is a jinx see that's that's where <laughs> no, you like yeah, exactly. <laughs> if things start to go wrong because of an injury that's still you've been jinxed <laughs> like that you got jinxed you got injured it's all caroline's it fault it was <laughs> not my fault <laughs> but i i actually i agree or sorry when it was four to two yeah um, and we hadn't I, scored I, and settled yeah. Yes. So because they, they had only scored in these unsettled situations and, um, and, and it's just kind of like, I was worried because that Virginia, the first like five, six, six minutes of the game was like, Oh, the defenses came to play. Okay. But you know, the offenses were feeling each other out, figuring out where they could like poke and prod and, and get some space. But Virginia just really struggled in that six V six. And that was like yeah. this, if they can't score in six V six, like, I don't think there's going to be enough chaos to make, to, to score as many as, as Maryland can. And obviously they figured out the six V six. But also Maryland hadn't played, uh, Maryland hadn't played anybody that could cause that type of chaos. All yeah. season. They didn't play a team that was, that good in transition that was that fast in transition that tried to push that much in transition and i think that proved to be a huge reason for and honestly maryland did a good job near the end coming back and forcing those things (laughs) on their own so it was crazy that was best game man it was awesome (laughs) i'm so glad i drove up there i was same i mean (laughs) if you had told me if they lost though that would have been a long long drive yeah all right. Well, uh, I, you know, I think that wraps up uh, it. Well, we we could talk for hours. Uh, I'm, I'm sure about that game and this team, um, but luckily next season, we it's going to be a very similar looking team. So we'll be able to continue these conversations about most of these guys. Yeah. Lose um, Kologi and Laviano. Laviano. And John, uh, they don't know about John Fox. Man, John Fox can, might come back. You talk for a better part of an hour about Laviano. Like oh that, God, that, I love know, him. He was kind of like the under, underrated sure. star of that because he just annoyed the hell out of Maryland's defense for the entire oh game. He, he didn't have any goals, but he just like did work on the inside yeah. just to annoy the hell out of people. When he got hit with that ball uh, on the shot. Okay, first of all, two inches left. I don't know what happens on that it shot. But broke his helmet. It broke, it broke his helmet. helmet. But yeah. what they didn't show on the on the telecast was that after he got up 
and yeah. walked to the sideline. He started hyping up yeah, the yeah. fans. You could tell he was okay. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean that was and that pissed Maryland off so much. Because they it wanted was amazing. Because they wanted the transition and Tillman lost his mind. And you just, have to stop it there. Yeah. Like you have, you have to because he dude could, got yeah, hit right. in the head. Like he could have <laughs> yeah. been dead. It could have like, been the neck. It could have yeah. been his neck. You know, the and, hot and, mic with the Maryland guy going, yeah. Oh, why'd you stop? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell like, if if that was a fan or the actual coach. I think that was Tillman. Yeah, I thought it was oh, too, yeah. just because I it was, it was the so clear. Because I could see the no, player no, like, doing this. No, no, it yeah, yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, it was. It was definitely someone. You know that, that the camera wasn't focused on. I was like, yeah, that might be a coach. Because yeah, it, actually, yeah. the 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 mics were super close to the bench. Um, right there, you like go. at least that's what from the replay. Because then you could hear them kind of like. I think Lars said to Tillman at one point, "Like, don't you talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> Which I love if that's like Lars's trash talk. Like, no, because that's the thing. Because he said on that podcast, yeah. He was like, yeah, I had to give it back to him. And I'm like, yeah. what is he Lars saying? <laughs> Please be quiet. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> None of that. The best, and when they went to the halftime break, Carcaterra was like, what were oh, you yes. saying to the ref? And he was like, oh, I just asked him what he was having for breakfast. Yeah. Like how he was doing. Which is an answer that's similar to what yeah. my dad used to give. Because he, he told me once that he got like a three-minute non-releasable. And I was like, what did you do? And he was like, I asked the ref how his mother was doing. <laughs> yeah. nice. And I was like, man's in a room rant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there's plenty we could talk about, but uh, we we filled the time with the championship, so we'll we'll be back. Um, but some quick notes. Obviously, uh, we'll be back to talk about basketball offseason. That, of course, includes now um, friend of the Coach podcast, K. Kate Frazier, uh, calling oh, the uh, K- no, no, Coach K is not friend yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. No, not Coach K. <laughs> I was going to say Coach K's farewell tour. Tate Frazier uh, called this farewell tour a couple uh, weeks ago on on Titus and Tate. So an amusing uh occurrence to have exactly what he said was gonna happen happen um because you know someone at duke listens and was like no someone's already made fun of us preemptively for doing he said this. he got so he so i listened to their emergency one from last night this yeah, morning when i was walking down it yeah. yeah and uh he what he's like what i failed to mention on that april 26th episode is i had i had a source like oh, he, it wasn't just so him he, predicting it. Just him he was predicting. like, this is going to happen. Like gotcha. he really, he really broke it. So it really was breaking sources. sources. Yeah. That's he funny. really was breaking what it. I, what I sources. failed to mention. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if it was else, we need to have, I wasn't Tate just making a joke yeah, now yeah. that it came true. But. We need to have Tate come on so we can discuss what the best uh, farewell tour gifts are for yeah, Kay from that's each. That's a good idea. Each uh, From each school. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be back to talk about that maybe with Tate uh, but certainly we've also got to talk about uh, summer football recruiting so if you are tuned into that June is when things have opened up for visits for um, the football class the who's are off to a good start um, you can check Archie out Manning. Um, yeah, I don't think Arch Manning <laughs> although it, it, you know there's, there's a lot to read about him and his connection to UVA. Um, they shouldn't put that in that story from the athletic because it's just going to rile us all up and think we have a chance <laughs> Well, it's also, yeah. I mean, the school he goes to, where, you know, we just got Brandon Phillips uh, is the linebacker from Newman in New Orleans. There, there are a lot of connections there, but, you know, that, that kid is probably going to Alabama, LSU, <laughs> or, or maybe Ole Miss. Shake but things up, Arch. You know he listens to this. There are some, some, good, some good recruits. Um, 
visiting grounds this week. So um, a lot of breaking news to come on that end probably in the next few days or a few weeks as, as people start collecting these oh, actual purse visits. Uh, baseball is in the regional against South Carolina. ODU is actually the top team, the, the one seed in that regional. I tried to find out why it's not in Norfolk and it's instead in Columbia, but I couldn't. Uh, so maybe we'll get our baseball reporter on that. Nonetheless, they open um, the, the regional with a game against the Gamecocks, which should be a big pitching matchup. But the last time the Hoos had a major pitching matchup, they hung 14 or whatever <laughs> on Notre Dame stud. So hopefully that luck continues uh, for, for the baseball team. Uh, so a lot going on. We'll be back soon. And until we come back uh, for everybody at the blog, uh, go Hoos. Thank you.